Hi, this is Dr. Tony Alvarado, and you have tuned into Harmonize Your Life, Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast. I am delighted to be your host. We are yet in season six of the Harmonize Your Life podcast. We have been going now um, two full years. This will be our second. Uh, we just completed our second year of the podcast, um, and we'll be going into in March Next month, we'll be going into our third year. And March 2nd will be the second year anniversary of this podcast. And then we'll be going full steam ahead into year three. And we are so delighted to be able to bring the type of content that we've been able to bring to you now for almost two full years while we have been in a global pandemic. Some of you may or may not know we started this podcast in March of 2020, right after or right at the beginning of the pandemic. It was not our plan to, to, do, um, to, uh, to do a podcast in a pandemic. It was our plan to just have conversations on self-care for women of color. And who knew that this podcast would be launched right when our nation and the world would be experiencing a global pandemic. And so today, I'm very, very excited about our guest for today. I'm, I'm very um, delighted about our topic for today because our topic today, we will be discussing pandemic PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder as it relates to this pandemic. And I have a wonderful guest who is joining us today in the podcast studio and I'm going to bring her in right now. Hello, Hello Dr. Shane. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me on. It is so good to have you with us. I want to um, it, I want to do an intro, a formal introduction um, uh, for those who are watching and listening to our podcast. Um, as seen in LA Times ticker news. AUS and featured on CBS News, uh, KAL, KCAL, Nine Local, TNC Radio, Voyagel, LA, Authority, Shout Out LA, and Thrive Global Magazines. Dr. Shane Turan is an organizational development psychologist, psychotherapist, podcaster, trainer and published author who enjoys mining for peace amid work-life turmoil. She is the founder of the Los Angeles-based consulting firm, SP Consulting Group, LLC, where she serves as the senior executive wellness coach and organizational development strategist for business leaders seeking work-life balance and integration. Mm -hmm. Dr. Shane's mental health career began in 2005 as a child welfare um, welfare caseworker and spans over 15 years as a social worker, clinical administrator, psychotherapist with over 11 years of experience in federal health care. It was in 2015 that Dr. Shane began to merge her skills as a clinician, lean Six Sigma specialist, certified coach, and OD psychologist to serve as consultant and advisor to community leaders. 
um, business executives, C-suite level leaders looking for fulfill to fulfill their life purpose as well as uh, as a well-balanced and service-based leader. While continuing to serve as advisor and coach to emerging leaders and clinicians, Dr. Shane has maintained global influence as a contracted researcher, leadership and team development trainer, OD consultant, public speaker, and executive wellness coach for leaders within top performing organizations such as Amazon, Netflix, UCLA, and Facebook, to name a few. She also she um, she's also managed to find time to offer ongoing peer reviews for Harvard Business Review, press publications, and serve as executive contributor to Brains Magazine. And I am delighted with all of these wonderful news and media outlets. <laughs> not robbery to come on to Dr. Tony. Of course, of course. Podcast. Welcome, Dr. Terrain. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm like, that was a lot of stuff. You know, I just be working. I just yeah, work. I think we all do, girl. <laughs> we all, when we look at our bios, we're like, ooh. Right, right. You right. Really? You talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you a bad chick, girl. You a bad chick. Oh, my goodness. This is crazy. But, you know. To God, gets he gets all the glory. He gets all, all the glory. glory. All the glory belongs to God. Absolutely. So, yeah. so um, Dr. Turan, um, can I just call you Dr. Shane? Yes, that's what a lot of folks call me. I be telling them, you don't have to go off super formal. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's what I tell people. Just call me Dr. Tony. Yeah, Dr. Shane. That's what I tell people to call me. Go right okay. ahead. Dr. Shane, thank you so much again for coming into our podcast uh, studio today and having this conversation with me. Um, as I was stating in my introductory comments, as I we were coming on mm -hmm. today, um, we are now um, two years, full years in a global pandemic. Who would have thought, as, as they would say, who would have thunk it? Right. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Who would have thought that we would still be two years in, uh, later Mm -hmm. to, to, uh, 2020 in a global pandemic and it doesn't appear like we're going to come out anytime very soon. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't appear that way. Mm -mm. People have experienced loss of loved ones. Um, not just to the, not just to the virus, Yeah, but, um, I myself lost my mom last year. Mm. Um, I lost my mom to cancer mm -hmm. in the midst of the pandemic, but being impacted by the pandemic because of how we had to handle her hospitalizations when she needed yeah. them. Um, you know, just all the dynamics of yeah. what we had to deal with in caring for loved ones in this global pandemic. Illnesses, mm -hmm. yep. job loss, isolation, mm -hmm. uh, constant yep. uncertainty, constant uncertainty. I was telling someone the other day, now I'm, my principal work is that of a pastor. Mm -hmm. And so pastoring in this pandemic has been extremely stressful. I mean, just not trying I to can only imagine. I yeah. can only imagine. Yeah. You know, last year, and I did an art, um, I was interviewed by, um, uh, one of our local stations, 11 alive interviewed me last year. Mm -hmm. um, was last year? No, it was in twenty. My yeah, it was in twenty. Um, 
2020, maybe toward the end of 2020, mm-hmm. or 2021, I was asked to come on um, an interview with um, myself, a um, a Jewish rabbi and a, um, um, a Muslim imam. And okay. they were interviewing faith leaders and talking about how um, how we're handling in our faith communities, how we're having to handle ourselves, our gatherings, our festivals, our mm-hmm. rituals, those kind of things in a global pandemic. And one of the things I talked about, particularly for my our, my congregation or congregations like mine, which are predominantly um, um, people of color, mm-hmm. um, Pentecostal, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, just, you know, just in the way we've had to handle our gatherings, our funerals, mm-hmm our baby dedications, our, you know, our rituals, but not, yeah. not being able to lay hands on people, touch people. Yeah. You know, we had to, for the first year, we were really nobody in the sanctuary, but our um, media team, you know, with um, streaming the services with no mm-hmm. congregation, live congregation. Right. And, you know, black folk, we, when we preach, it's, it's call and response. So we, yeah. We preaching in the congregation, <laughs> preaching back to us, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's been different, yep. very, very different. And then to know what to do, should we have service? Should we not? Should we mm-hmm. social distance? Should we take tips? Should we allow um, people to come without um, without the vaccine? Should they require? Should we require vaccinations for people to come to worship? All those kind of things. It's been so stressful. All these things. And last year. You, I, you and I sat in a summit with mm-hmm. Stephanie Pinkney. Yes. Pinkney. And you said something in that that piqued my interest. And I knew then that we had to have this conversation. Yeah. You talked about pandemic PTSD. Yeah. Pandemic PTSD. Mm-hmm. And I want you to talk to us in general about PTSD in general mm-hmm. and what that what that looks like things um, from what it looks like from your field for mental health mm-hmm. um, as it relates to this whole PTSD and then kind of drill down in on maybe what we're seeing in the pandemic. Okay, sure. So in general, to make it very simple, it's our body's response to trauma, whether it's perceived, whether um, it's experienced by your, you know, like individually, or you are witnessing it. So it can be in a number of ways in which this comes about, but okay. it's symptoms of uh, a stress disorder, a stress response to something that is traumatic. And it usually causes disruption as okay. far as the symptoms, disrupt causes disruptions or significant problems in your life, whether socially, professionally. Um, in your relationships, and just in general, it does have a great impact on just your daily living task, you know, activities of daily living. Um, some of the symptoms are usually grouped into, you know, intrusive thoughts, avoidance, um, negative changes in your thinking and your mood, mm-hmm. um, changes in your physical, emotional reactions, and, and symptoms definitely can vary from person to person. And it can be, like I said before, very situationally about your perception. How do you perceive it? So what may be traumatic to one may not be traumatic to another. Okay. Okay. So I want that to be clear. And so when we're talking about intrusive thoughts, again, quickly, a lot of people think of 
uh, nightmares, but it's not necessarily just nightmares. It's okay. about these reoccurring, uh, perseverating for some distressing memories of what happened, of the traumatic events. I mean, think about how much everybody is talking about the pandemic when it first started over and over again. Yeah. So like reliving the trauma, um, and flashbacks could be happening, um, as we like to call them, daymares, okay, where you're awake and you just have a random thought that pops into your head about that time, about what you were doing when all of these events happened or a sequence of events happens mm -hmm. throughout this, this pandemic, okay? Um, so like I said, upsetting dreams, some um, levels of severe emotional distress. Um, okay. And some people have physical reactions, like physiological responses that may be uh, not caught in lab work, um, where you're having aches and pains and things that aren't necessarily uh, precipitated by a, a physically impacting injury or other, you know, biological factors. So in avoidance, it can be you trying not to think about it. You're okay. avoiding the places, activities, things that remind you of the event. Uh, negative thoughts and thinking with, or moods can be negative thoughts about yourself. It could be about people, the world. A lot more people are pessimistic. Uh, <laughs> hopelessness in regards to the future. Uh, trouble with your memory. Trouble remembering things or aspects surrounding that event. Um, and having trouble maintaining close relationships, feeling attached um, or not to people that you used to be attached to or felt that you had a close relationship with. Um, you may be having trouble thinking positively, okay, about anything, really. Um, and for some, they may even have emotional numbness. They're having a hard time feeling much of anything. You ask them how they're doing, they're still saying, fine, fine, fine but they are not actually in touch with their emotions to know how they're really feeling. Um, right. Changes in, like I said, the physical and emotional could come up as uh, feelings of overwhelming guilt, overwhelming shame, um, irritability, like angry outbursts, mm -hmm. um, trouble concentrating, trouble sleeping. And when I say trouble sleeping, some people usually go to insomnia, not being able to go to sleep. Like, I'm sleep fine. It's like okay. oversleeping. Okay. <laughs> oversleeping for some. Uh, trouble when we say um, insomnia, insomnia encompasses trouble going to sleep, staying asleep, waking up, not being able to go back asleep as well. Okay. okay. Um, Self destructive behaviors, drinking too much, driving mm -hmm. too fast, um, always being on alert. Hypervigilance is what we call that. Mm -hmm. um, easily startled. Those are some of those things. Um, and when we talk about intensity of symptoms, you know, it literally varies. Um, and that's why it's important to know the baseline of the person in which okay. you're speaking with and working with. Um, you may have PTS symptoms when you're stressed in general, right? Or when you come across reminders of what you went through. Uh, for example, you may hear a car backfire mm -hmm. and that can be triggering for someone that's been in combat. Right, 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 right. Or you may see a report on the news about a sexual assault if you were sexually assaulted and it brings right. up new rights. Right. Uh, this pandemic <laughs> hasn't been a stop. <laughs> right. There hasn't been a break right. in talking about this pandemic. Okay. Right. Wow. So yeah, think about that. Um, and some people even get to the point of reaching suicidality. You know, when you have yeah. gone to this place of overwhelming 
mm-hmm. hopelessness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, that numbness of feelings, detachment, dissonance. Those are the things that we come up with. And so when you think about this pandemic, I want this to be very clear. People are still trying to understand PTSD as anything other than someone that's been in combat. People are having a hard time realizing that. Hold on one second. Close the door. I understand. Trust me. We're not doing that. Um, But when we think about PTSD, there's still an understanding and acknowledgement that it's not just for those that have been in these extreme situations. Okay. Okay. Literally, if you have perceived something to be traumatic, whether it's um, triggering to loss of a grip, like, I don't know what to do. I don't have control. Okay. Okay. Vulnerabilities. Um, impending death and doom can okay. be something that can be deemed uh, traumatic. Okay. Uh, people, when you think of even car accidents, a lot of times the the PTSD from accidents come from the fact that you thought you were going to die. Yeah, impending doom, your perception of it, okay. you know. And mm-hmm. let somebody tell you from somebody that's from the East Coast, you know, or uh, Midwest, where they're yes, driving yes. in snow and they they mm-hmm. hydroplane. Versus someone that's never driven in snow and they think they're about to die. Right, right, right. We never know how someone perceives it. We don't know that. So when it comes down to this uh, concept of PTSD as associated with this pandemic, we have to understand the trauma that is in alignment and that could have been experienced during this time of there is an airborne um, virus. Right. That is killing folks. How you think you're going to feel? How did you feel? Shut it down. The whole city shut down. Like what? You know, coming from something out of a movie, you know, something out of a movie. Yeah. When you think of how, and I I grew up with the Pentecostal faith, you come from this place of the end of times, you thinking, oh Lord. Yeah. 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 That's how it's going to go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the rapture. You right, know, this right. how it's going down, right? Like, so <laughs> depending on how strong you were in your faith, that yeah. may have helped you or yeah. threw you into a place where you're closer to PTSD than anything. Right. And this right. experience being traumatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so even though I say it in a joking way, I want people to realize the reality of how PTSD can be triggered and I say it that way in particular because PTSD is something that needs to be diagnosed um there are things that can be temporary you know there are things that people had an initial traumatic response but by its definition PTSD is a post-trauma response Mm-hmm. which brings to question how long is this lasting? And, and, and that, you know, and, and here's the thing, because we don't know how mm-hmm. long it's going to last it, that in and of itself, the uncertainty part of it. Yes. Brings. And for people like people who like me, who are super planners, mm-hmm. who are 
you know, we pride ourselves on being organized. We know, you know, we know what, what we going to eat for dinner tomorrow. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so when you have people like that who are, you know, and then all of a sudden everything is shifting. Everything is moving. Yeah. I don't know where it's going, how, where, where, where it came from, where it's, how long it's going to yeah. be here and where yeah. it's going next, you know? Yeah. If and they, I want to, and I want to say this too, as a point of clarification for the very fact that people are saying, but it's not over. How can we be talking about a post trauma situation here for it to be PTSD? Is it something else that we're dealing with? Is it only anxiety and or depression or some other things that are going on because we are still essentially living in the trauma? It's not, it's not post-traumatic. But this is what you have to understand. Just because it persists does not mean or negate the initial traumatic event. Ah, okay. I get what you're saying. That's why I wanted to clarify that because people are needing to not be in denial. That it's at the point of the event, the moment in which you were traumatized, the moment in which the intensity of the response to it fell into the category of trauma, that is where the starting point is. It's not how long the traumatic event lasted, but what you will come to find is that the length of the traumatic event then leads you to the issue of resolve. How are we healing from this? How can we and how much can we heal when we are still being traumatized, when we are still in this trauma state? Wow, wow. Then we start to talk about compounding stressors and then what's happening with us, even biologically, with our brain at this point. Oh, wow. Lasting effects. Shoot, even when you get... uh as my son's uh, teachers like to call them an owie, if you get you a scrape on your knee and it just keep getting scraped, what you're going to do to help heal that wound is going to be totally different from when it first happened. Wow. Uh, So this this is why I wanted to have this conversation with you because Mm -hmm. here we are. I mean, yeah. I remember at the end of January 2020 was when we Mm -hmm. first started hearing about this virus. Yeah. Now, of course, you know, this, when the public started hearing about it. When the public started. Yeah. Right. Right. And I remember, I remember where I remember um, flying from, I was in um, Portland, Oregon in February that year. Mm -hmm. First time ever going to Portland. Oregon and um, mm-hmm. had a minister there, flew there. And I remember hearing about this on the news before I went. And before I remember what they were saying, I had gone, it was like the first weekend or something of February that I was there. Mm-hmm. So I remember that I, when I left Atlanta, they were saying that there was one case in the U.S. Okay. By the time I got back from that weekend trip, mm-hmm. the numbers were starting to and then by the end of February, we were like, oh my God, the numbers. And then of course it was on the news. We were being bombarded with it every day. Mm-hmm. Every day we were being bombarded with it. And, yeah. and 
And remember them crazy task force mm-hmm. updates we was getting? Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's why I'm like, it, it, this, I mean, that was trauma. Yes. <laughs> this, this is what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot of factors. And we really numbers, seeing those numbers go up every day, almost tripling by the day. Tripling, yep. quadrupling by the day. Then we're seeing images of people um, in um, hospitals run over, um, morgues out of space. Um, just, it was crazy. It was like, yeah. oh my God, this is so apocalyptic. Yeah, it was exactly. Oh my God! And so here we are, Mm -hmm. two years later, and and we're still dealing with the with the effects of this pandemic. It's not, you know, in some ways, you know, we're not seeing some of the stuff that we saw in twenty twenty, but still, we're still impacted by it. Yeah, majorly impacted by it. In a, let me just ask you this. So, in an article, I went. And I was, because I wanted to, in preparation, I wanted to do a little bit more reading about this whole idea. Now there's, there are more, re- there's more being written about this whole pandemic, yeah. PTSD associated with it. And one of the articles that I read uh, from Yale School of Medicine, okay. Dr. M- Matilda Husky, okay. um, she said, as clinicians, when we ask about symptoms of PTSD, it's always in reference, like you said, to a specific traumatic event with a significant level of shock. Mm-hmm. Husky also said in, in the context of a pandemic though, mm-hmm. uh, that is nearing two years in length. If I ask someone if they are experiencing flashbacks, the question becomes flashbacks of what? Mm-hmm. The conclusion that she and others have gathered in this pandemic is that this pandemic cannot be considered as a single entity. Mm-hmm because it has affected people in so many different ways over such a long period of time, depending on their job, their exposure mm-hmm. to the disease, pre-existing stressors <laughs> and psychopathology and other factors. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, how are these varying levels of severity and shock showing up in people? Can you give us some examples? You gave us some examples of PTSD in general, but have you seen any examples of coming from this pandemic in your work, maybe in your personal experience with people, but mm-hmm. what are you seeing in terms of the varying degrees of sh- of shock and, and stress as relate to the pandemic? Well, the varying degrees are exactly that. So an example would be there is uh, someone that I'm working with um, who actually is in the entertainment industry as um, like a film executive, okay? okay. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that they were having to film um, during this pandemic while both those that were being filmed and the crew were getting COVID and dying. Oh, wow. So... I'm giving you this as an example of an extreme situation that is a real situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Being close by the death while you are in fact traumatized as well. Wow. And having to be the one to help, leaving out of that environment to then be the one dealing with PTSD. 
Mm. Um, all, all of the things, the ruminating thoughts over the situation. And I, I want something, I want to clarify something that you found in that article um, for your listeners. And that is just because someone, and this is something that I've learned, just because someone asks you what flashbacks or what doesn't mean that they're not having them. Okay. 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 I hear you. I hear Some you. people consider themselves having flashbacks and people just have accepted the culture of talking about how crazy it's been. You're still talking about it. You're still having thoughts about it. It's still repetitive. It's still ruminating. It's still on your mind. Mm-hmm. That's a flashback to what happened. You know, it's so funny. Just yesterday, I had a flashback to being in the hospital with my mother last year. And I, the thing was, she was in the, I, the, the flashback actually started with me talking to her mm-hmm. on the phone while she was in the hospital and they weren't, weren't allowed any, at that time, mm-hmm. they weren't allowing anybody in. Mm-hmm. They ended up letting me come because my mom started getting very disoriented while mm-hmm. she was in the hospital. So they let me come under what they call a proviso called companion care. Mm-hmm. And because she was getting disoriented, they wanted a family member to be in the room with her. Mm-hmm. So they let me come. But for some reason, out of nowhere, I wasn't thinking about her. I wasn't thinking about her mm-hmm. being in the hospital. I was just walking around, doing something around the house. And, and it came up. It came up and I was back in that room. That was a flashback. Mm-hmm. That was a little little interlude in the clarification while we're talking, right? Okay. Now, let's jump to then... Um, a lower level or lower need case. And that is of someone who is very functional. Okay. Very functional. Um, We just call them highly functional, whatever, you know, just like there's uh, highly functional uh, alcoholics, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Um, where I'm working with this person. It took some thorough assessments as in like a whole month of like really digging and digging, making sure they were comfortable to share. But to the point where I'm finding out that they're having these dreams, right? And these dreams are more associated with what's going to happen with my life, right? So it's, I had this dream of when I was going to marry so-and-so and and then I woke up like really stressed and confused because I was just like, is this going to happen? I don't know what is this like people don't just have in these intense dreams that make them wake up crying because of a question of if they're going to ever get married. Okay. And that's considered normal. Okay. There are people that are operating out of PTSD and don't realize how intense now they feel about their place in the world. What am I doing? Why am I here? Wow. What is going on? Wow. I have this, you know, imposter syndrome is on a thousand. Right, right, right. Beyond normal, but all of a sudden, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? I'm looking for my purpose. What, you know, like all this wow. existentialism that's going on of why, what wow. am I doing? What is my purpose? 
hopelessness, Mm. Mm. the lower level symptoms of PTSD, Mm. hopelessness, uh, people reporting to me that, yeah, I don't have any clue of what I'm doing right now in my life. And I don't even know what I'm feeling right now. And I asked them, so what are you feeling? Who are you? Huh? Mm. Ask somebody who they are and let them tell you. And again, it varies. Yes, there are people that generally just didn't know who they are in general. Yes, there are generally people who are looking for something. But what we are talking about is this individualized impact that the trauma made from this pandemic, questioning of life and death, questioning Um, safety and security, responding intensely when someone didn't check on their well-being. The dating scene, let's go there, you know, like what are you looking for now that has changed and Oh, like this person, you you got your vaccine? Oh, you wearing a oh hypervigilance. Hypervigilance, yeah. Uh yeah. I know people like that. Hypervigilance. Everybody, you know, making sure don't nobody everybody on your mask. Everybody got, you know, and I mean to the point where we call them the COVID police. That's how some people responded. That's how they're gaining back control. Again, it's a post-trauma response that ultimately in your brain, it's about safety and security. Wow. And it goes up to heights because of a traumatic event. Your body is trying to reconcile with what happened and am I safe? Yeah. We had had a staff member that um, said to us early in the pandemic, he said, Mm -hmm. um, he said, you know, I, I don't, if, if I get sick, I don't have, I'm single. I don't have anyone at home with me to check on me. And because, you know, if they were saying, if you caught, if you catch it, you got to isolate, right? Mm-hmm. So people were isolating in their home with other family members, putting food at the door and all that. But he was like, but think about the sing- person who's single, who yeah. lives alone. Yeah. Who, you know what I'm saying? He was like, mm-hmm. I don't have anybody. I'm, I'm not married. I don't have any children. Mm-hmm. I don't have anyone that can take care of me. Yeah. If I get this virus. Yeah. Yeah. So I see what you're saying. So the the hyper um or the 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 need now to make sure that I'm secure and I'm safe. Mm-hmm. I hear Dude, you. think about the people that's got a call. <laughs> Girl, you be like, I don't have COVID. <laughs> Do I have, I remember sitting up in the bed like, oh Lord, Jesus, am I all right? You know. And what's crazy about that is how powerful the mind is that if you think of these symptoms long enough, your body going to respond accordingly. Exactly. Your body going to be like, well, am I sick? (laughs) (laughs) Start aching. (laughs) Your shoulder aching. You can't taste stuff all of a sudden. You're like, I wonder what the research is on how much like peppers, oh, like how much the rate of peppers went up, you know, like people trying to, you know, like the intense sours, the intense flavors, people trying to test, like, I mean, it tastes a little different, but you know, <laughs> just a whole mess, you know, yeah, 
her a whole mess. A whole mess. Um, but something too that I want to share with the audience is understanding again, because there's people that are really cynical about a lot of things and want to know the truth. And I want to even again expound on that article um, that there is levels mm-hmm. to PTSD. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's that initial event, the, you know, the impact. Mm-hmm. And then there's numbing and denial. Mm. After you get past the numbing and denial stage, which because this has been going on for a minute, it is a question mark, depending on what efforts you're making to heal and, you know, move throughout this pandemic strategically. Mm-hmm. Then you're talking about that rescue stage where you are having this repetitive situation of let me figure out what I'm going to do. Wow. Let me, and this is a lot of what I work on with people, the cognitive restructuring. You have to understand that if you do a quick self-check, what are the facts? What are the facts? Are you in danger right now? You know, you're having these intrusive thoughts. Well, solve the solve the end of that mystery for your brain. Wow. wow. I'm safe. Tell yourself I'm safe. Touch on something in front of you. I'm fine. I'm five. Yeah. Like fine. Breathe in some deep air inside uh, inside. Right, right. I ain't gonna get you sick now. Be inside. Take a deep breath. Uh-huh. I'm fine. You know, mm-hmm. like grounding techniques, grounding, yeah. meditation, prayer, like really working through this thing, right? And then there's that short term or intermittent sort of recovery, like moments mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, I'm moving, I'm, I got this. I know when I'm triggered, and I, I get my emotions in check. I take my deep breath. I recenter myself. Okay, things are good. Mm-hmm. And then times where it's rough, that intermittent back and forth, like. Mm-hmm. experiencing the symptoms, the unfortunate new baseline, but pulling it back, having control of that. And then there's the long-term recovery stage where, yes, you have these memories, the emotional response, yeah. the behavioral response doesn't hit like it used to do, like mm-hmm. it used to. You know, there's the, yes, there are memories, but it's not flashbacks. You know, uh, yes, I may be having these dreams that come up, but when I wake up, I can ground myself. I'm not feeling it it exceptionally more vulnerable. You know, like you're able to work through it and navigate, but you have to also understand that this process is going to take longer with us still being in it. Okay. Well, you just kind of went right into the next thing that I wanted to ask you about, which was... um, that um and I'm I'm because this podcast is geared toward women of color. I know that we have men that that listen um mm-hmm. to the podcast as well, but there's a growing um body of evidence showing that lockdowns, school cl- closures, working from home to reduce the spread of COVID-19 um has had a greater effect on women. Mm-hmm. And my question to you is, is that because women are, we have a greater propensity uh, for uh, for sh- being stressed or mm-hmm. why, why do you think that it seems to be stressing women at a different level? When you talked about varying degrees and levels and there's some, some evidence that shows that women are really being impacted by number one, the lockdowns, the school closures and the working from home. 
Um, well, I want to throw out a few stats. And again, for the multitude of those that are listening, the viewpoints. So in general, I wouldn't say that it is because um, we're more inclined to okay. be stressed. I wouldn't say that. I just say that we already have more things on our plate. <laughs> you know like with with you know with uh you know the things that you have to do there's greater responsibilities you know so based on um some research data that came from like like an american community survey um so before covid nearly half of working women like 46% or so 28 million give or take women worked in jobs that were low wage. We already know that we get paid less in corporate spaces, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. um, median earning being like $10.93, okay? okay? So you pair that with, again, like you said, your listeners being mostly people of color, women of color, 54% of African-American women, 64% um, Hispanic women, 40% white women reflects like structural racism that's limiting when it comes down to housing, education, yeah. employment. Yeah. So yeah. we're at 54%. Right. We win that prize. Right. Always and forever. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and for some, the low wage may impact you. For some, it may not because for some, they have a partner in the house that can share the economic hardships um, and may have a partner that or spouse that has a higher level income to help with the finances. But in general, we not only get paid less, we usually have the greater responsibility in the home. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are more single moms than there are single dads. Yeah. There yeah. are more women who are dealing with unresolved or having long-term uh, post-traumatic, uh, not post-traumatic, post but it's post uh, postpartum depression. Right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you just think of all of these different dynamics, plus, 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 then you, again, bring up the conversation of compa compacting stressors. If you are already stressed out. <laughs> Come on. Talk about it, sis. Talk about and it. And you're adding more stressors. It's not because you did something wrong. Whew. It's not because you should have been tougher stronger, more of a warrior. No, it's because your body, any body can take but so much. much. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if we are already on this higher level of stress because of our responsibilities, lack of support, you know, all the things, then yes, we are going to be more impacted because we already had more on us. That's just the fact, you know. Well, this so this pandemic is like stress on steroids. Let me tell you something. <laughs> it's not getting better with COVID. 
no matter what. It didn't get better. Working from home didn't make a difference. Yeah. It didn't. And when it's all said and done, I want to share with you guys, and I think, I can't remember if I had started to bring this up when we were on that um, that leadership brunch, that summit. Yeah, it's like, when you are dealing with the psychology, the biology of stress, let me give a dose of reality to your listeners. And that is when you have gone into the space of compounding stressors, your new baseline is the fight or flight, psychologically. Wow, wow. That's your new baseline. It is difficult for you to operate outside of it because your constant state of stress has told your body that something is always wrong. Wow. Wow. I don't know why, but it made me think of how people always talking about this mad black woman, angry black yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not angry, we hurting. And it's 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 leaking through the seams. Wow, wow. But we don't know any better unless we get help to do better. Right. Because yeah. we're not even in a place where we can change that because that is now in our DNA. Hence why there are generational traumas. It changes your DNA sequence of survival. Let's talk about evolution. If our body thinks that we are always in some sort of trauma or stress reaction, our body is going to- Oh my God. Dr. Shane, oh my God. But that's just the psychology of it. Let me dig a little bit deeper into that biology of changes in your DNA and the generational- as I like the generational cur- uh, curses and strongholds. Help that us. This, these are the places that it initiates. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. also know this, that your brain after doing all that work has also rerouted some things. One of them is blood. Blood carries resources, right? Your blood is no longer feeling the need to be in your prefrontal cortex, executive function, decision-making, memories, all things that we need, as much as it needs to be in the back of your brain, your amygdala, where the fight-or-flight response has its house. So if your body is now saying, okay, we don't need as much blood right there because consistently outside of the event, because you know, when you in a traumatic situation, right. it's, we got to do something, right? That fuel, why people are hurt and don't even realize it because that fuel g- comes from, so what are we doing to get it done? Wow. So if you are then navigating by default at this point from a place of more fuel to surviving than executive functioning, reasoning, Mm -hmm. impulse control, Mm decision-making, creativity, Mm -hmm. all of the things that the free frontal uh, cortex represents, then your brain will actually look as if you've had a traumatic uh, traumatic brain injury. Wow, 
it wow. changes it changes the structure the of structure brain. of your brain literally changes literally without there having been blunt force trauma to your brain but it'll look like it did wow because now this is smaller brain wise this is bigger because this is getting all the fuel now because you didn't stayed in that place of survival longer than you needed to be this is supposed to be a temporary response of survival not a cycle not a baseline not a way of life it's wow. supposed to be there for a temporary get your butt out of a dangerous situation and then recover people aren't recovering and they, they think i just still need to talk to my girlfriend and it'll be okay no, you need help. That's where I want you to go now. Please help us. Where, what can we do? Because this is mean, we're seeing it. We're seeing it as pastors. Mm -hmm. We're seeing it. Yeah. Um, not just with our parishioners, but I'm talking about us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I mean, we're seeing it in us and in our in our folks. Mm -hmm. um, all the time, all the time. So, so what can we do? Can you, what can we do about this? I mean, there's a few things that you can do, but yes. So tell us what strategies this is. Yeah. We need strategy for how to get through this. Yeah. First, you need to recognize that this is that. Okay. Because if you think it's just, I had another bad day and guess that's just my life. Just all about the struggle. Like if you glorify that and not deal with what really is the issue, mm -hmm. you're going to have a problem. There's nothing else that you can do until you do that. Recognize what it is that you're dealing with and get to a place where you start to work on it. After you recognize it, right. go into this place of meditation, prayer, mindfulness, introspection, everything to like really get it like really this is what's been going on mindful journaling put the two together don't yeah. just be venting there's right. there's a time for that there's right. a time for that i even tell people do some um brain dumping that's a, that's when you do that okay 10 minutes no more than 10 minutes because we're trying to get our brain out of that yeah. release it give yourself some space 10 minutes brain dumping journaling everything that's coming to your mind, negative, negative, negative. After you do that, then meditate. Get into a place where you calm yourself. Yeah. You start teaching your body that I am in control. Not these thoughts. Not these red flags that are going up. When it's the right red flag, you will know. Yeah. <laughs> but your brain don't know. So you have to bring it into submission. In the Bible, it says all the time how we have to renew our mind. And bring every thought. Cast and get rid of the things of old. And get rid of the things of old. If it's on replay and then they don't serve you in this moment, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Yeah. Say, oh, I got you. Just like you do with a nap. <laughs> it don't change your mood. Oh, there's a nap. You try to find where that nap came from, huh? Like, where are them bananas? <laughs> <laughs> we gonna have to eat these now. Make some bread with it. We got we got to get rid of this stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's 
but bring it into submission and you bring it into submit submission by humbling yourself to deal with yourself. Take time with yourself. Humbling yourself to deal with yourself. I love it. Yes. Because yes. a lot of people tell me in sessions, I just didn't want to deal with it. Why? Because they knew that it was going to be opening up Pandora's box. But that's okay. Some boxes got to be recycled. Wow. They do. Get to that place. Start there. Think purposely and confront those thoughts. This thought came from here. Is this the same situation? If we're talking about COVID, yes, but no. Yeah. It's not because there's other measures. They at least got a grip on it to where not as many people are dying. We're not where we were in 2020. We're not where we were. We're, and we're, that's we're again, whether you believe in the vaccine and, and or not. Thing, whether you believe in it or not, we're not out. We're not there. We're not where we were in 2020. We're not. We're not. So right. you have to do right. a fact check. Right. Like, do, do a fact check. Am I in any immediate danger <laughs> in this moment? <laughs> Probably not. Okay. <laughs> now, if you go to some club that you don't Right. If you go to some club, some event, some yeah. concert, don't have on no mask, don't nobody else got on no mask, and they were shady when they was asking for your vaccine card anyway, then you may want to put precautions. Boundaries, right. Okay, boundaries. But that still isn't even a cause for hypervigilance as opposed to care and concern. So when you are meditating, when you're doing that, stay active. Stay active with this purging. Yeah. Don't just think because I did this consistently every day for a week that that's enough. This stuff is deep in you. You have to work it out and everybody is different. You and, have to and, and, reconstruct this thing. I'm glad you said and not just for a week because what people, what we have to understand, what I tell people, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. It is a yeah. lifestyle. I tell people self-care is not what I teach. Is what I do. It has yeah. become a part of my life. And it's not just exercising. It's not just um, um, eating healthy, although those are part of it. But it's a holistic approach. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's the, it's, it involves my relationships, my conversations, yeah. what I involve myself in and what I do not involve myself yeah. in. Yeah. It, it, you have to guard yourself. You got to guard all of that. Yeah. Otherwise, you will become a victim of what's happening in the, in, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And that is a part of staying active, okay. make it a lifestyle. It isn't just the working out because working out, being active in your working out movements. And I also want to push the issue that working out isn't necessarily to be as confined to that, that, that phrase. Right. It can be walking your dog. It can be walking around the block. It can be, I'm going to take the stairs and not the elevator. It can be, I'm not going to park in the first parking lot at the grocery store. I'm going to park all the way in the back and walk. You know what I mean? Staying active, move your body because that boosts your serotonin. That boosts all of the mood chemicals in you to help you, you know, just shake off the dead weight. Okay. It helps with PTSD because it helps with your anxiety. It helps with the irritability. It, it stretches your, your response. And you know what else? And habit stack. I call it habit stacking because Mm -hmm. like when I'm walking, 
it's not just that I'm walking physically and moving mm-hmm. my body, but when I go outside and walk, I was just telling mm-hmm. the client the other day, she was telling me she's been on her treadmill a lot. And yeah. I encourage her to go outside. Oh, yes. Because taking in the fresh air, what, yes. looking at the trees and enjoying nature. See, it is something about- That is one of them that I was going to recommend. Getting yeah. out in nature. Yeah. Getting out in nature yeah. is important. If you have an, a lake nearby, if you have an ocean nearby, if Plant you a have garden. a body of water, yeah, yeah. go yeah. there. It's something about it, and it's more on the spiritual side of things to yeah. be one with nature. Like that's why a lot of people, funny enough, I was looking at the trend and people buying plants. Yeah. 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 Some things just come up in us. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, we gotta connect. I, 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 I and I planted a garden last year. I Who literally was doing that too. Gardening in the garden because all I needed, of that. I needed that grounding. It helps. Yes, it yes. helps. Yes. So that's that's something else you can do. Stay active. Uh, meditate. Pray. Sit still. Take time with yourself. Try things like aromatherapy. The scent. Yes. We know this. That's even biblical. When they were preparing the temple, they had all the incense. Yeah. In the myrrh. Yeah, and all of the good stuff. Yeah. You know, they were setting the atmosphere. That's Make right. sure your atmosphere is right. You Pentecostal, see that's that. Did I tell you? <laughs> you told me that you grew right. up, in- and I ain't just listen. I, I feel some sort of way about sage, but I will tell you, aromatherapy, your oils, your scents. Yeah, be very mindful of them. Be very mindful of them. Set the atmosphere. Sometimes what I do with my oils, not only do I, um, I have the diffuser, yeah. but then sometimes I'll take the oil and put it behind my ear, yes. anoint myself. Because they have healing, healing powers. powers. That's right. That's right. Ooh. Oh, my God. And being Pentecostal, you better have your anointing oil <laughs> while you're praying. If you Girl, believe in the, you if you believe it in the power of some eucalyptus, you better be putting that on, believing in the power of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's what I'm just saying. And it better not feel funny to you. That's all I'm saying. Girl, listen, listen. Let me tell you something, <laughs> Doctor Shane. We could listen. Do you realize we've been talking almost an hour? <laughs> I'm looking at it now too. Like, what? look at the clock. Look at Listen, I, you have really helped us today. Yeah, you have helped us. I'm gonna have to do a part two of this conversation. I know, right? I'm at I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm something. I'm gonna bring you into tea time with Dr. Tony Let's and talk to the ladies Let's that are part of the Self Care Network. Yeah. Let me let people know where they can find us. Okay. Yes. So I'm, I'm going to do a little station identification here. So today you are my guest. If, if you've not, if you've been enjoying her, please put something in the comments. If you're on YouTube, put something in the comments. If you're watching us on Facebook or Twitter, put something in the comments and let us know how this conversation is blessing you or what you're taking away from this conversation. It will help us with the analytics on YouTube. It'll help us with the analytics on social media when you engage with this podcast. So please do that. But I want you to know our guest today is Dr. Shanae Tehran. Um, She has been blessing us. We're talking about 
uh, pandemic PTSD. And as you can tell uh, just from listening to her, the girl knows what she's talking about. All right. Mm -hmm. She <laughs> has the credentials and the training um, as a psychotherapist and, um, and a coach, a wellness coach, but she is also, she has experience, life experience that yes. boosts what, um, what she's saying. And so, um, I want you to find her at SP consulting group. That's her organization, SP consulting group. Uh, and you can find her at official SPCG.com for those that are listening and not watching. If you're listening and not watching, you need to go to YouTube and like and subscribe to my YouTube channel so you can watch this podcast as well as listen. But you can find Dr. Shanae at official SPCG.com on Facebook at official SPCG.com, all of her social media at um, on Instagram at official SPCG, and then and also on um, um, Twitter at official SPCG underscore. Okay. I want you to know how you can find her and look her up. Some of you might want to become one of her clients. Do that because I believe she can help you. All right. I want you to know that you are listening to the Harmonize Your Life Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast with your host, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. You can find us on my website at drtonyalvarado.com. You can also find this podcast on Anchor, Podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, and the lightatl.live internet radio. Ladies, women, join the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network. We have a network um, that is specifically geared toward women who are concerned about health, uh, health, wellness, self-care, fitness, and living a harmonious life and fun. Mm -hmm. We also believe in fun, play there. Yes. So that's a part of being healthy and making it through this pandemic. I found yes. a fun way last year in 2020, I joined the 40 plus double Dutch club. And that Ooh, was I love that play therapy. It was outdoors and I joined it in the pandemic. And it was one of the ways uh, it's one of the ways that I have found that's helping me make it through this pandemic. That's just one of the ways. So listen, join us in the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network so we can help you figure out ways to stay healthy in and through this pandemic and on the other side. All right. Go to mm -hmm. my YouTube channel with Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. Like and subscribe and uh, connect with us. We would love to be able to help you on your self-care health and wellness journey. Again, my guest today, Dr. Shane, uh, has been here uh, with us and I am so grateful to have her as my dialogue partner on today. And I just want, as we close out, Dr. Shane, if you'll just give us one last party word of encouragement, nothing, just a little 30 seconds, mm -hmm. just to say to our audience what we need to do in dealing with this pandemic PTSD. I would say focus on, you know, living on purpose and seeking out your purpose. When you do that, you end up finding the opportunities for growth, the opportunities for healing. So do everything on purpose because there is a greater purpose for you to be serving. Exactly. And there's purpose for you in before you went in, we went into this pandemic. There's purpose for your life while we're in it. Mm -hmm. Guess what? God has reserved a special purpose for us on the other side. Mm -hmm. I just believe that. Me All right. Too. We'll see you next week on the Harmonize Your Life Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast with your host, yours truly, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. See you soon.
Hi, this is Dr. Tony Alvarado. I am so delighted about bringing the Harmonize Your Life podcast to you. Would you do me a favor? If you are enjoying this podcast, would you email me at hello at drtonyalvarado.com? I want to hear from you. I want your feedback. I want to know if there are any other topics that you are interested in as it relates to wellness, self-care, nutrition, or just overall bringing harmony into your life. Email me, contact me at hello at drtonyalvarado.com.